Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. We are His hands to give someone a drink of cold water, to minister a meal, to help a person in need. We are His hands extended. When a person comes to Jesus Christ, their faith unites them to Christ. They become a part of the body of Christ, and they become His hands, His feet, His lips. They become an extension of Jesus to others. For me to live, Paul says, is Christ. Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see You're changing our lives, so we can be your hands and feet Have you allowed yourself to become an extension of Jesus to others? The main reason God has left you here on this earth, now that you're saved, is to be used by the Lord as His hands and feet, as well as mouth. Today, Pastor Ed will be challenging us to use the spiritual gifts that the Lord has given us for His glory. As Christians, the main goal for our day should always be that we are an extension of the love of Jesus and to bring others into His kingdom. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Verses 14 to 26. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version of the Bible. I feel like the translation of these verses is more accurate than the NIV, a number of verses. And so I'm using the New American Standard um, rather than the NIV because I think it brings out clearer some of the Greek text and the meaning of the Greek text. Verse 14 of chapter 2. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says, he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But Someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? You do well. Demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing, but are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, and Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, 
so also faith without works is dead. James hammers home the truth that you cannot separate faith and works. Faith works. Faith works. That's the message. Don't be merely, as James puts it, hearers of the word, but rather be doers of the word also. Imagine with me two young ladies. They're twins. They look alike. They sound alike. They're alike in every way except their dispositions. One of the young ladies, she is very scrupulous about how she does things. She's very careful to do her best. And she feels guilty at times. She hears a missionary appeal in the church and wants to give more but doesn't quite have enough. Uh, She hears an appeal to work in Saturday Sunday school or to serve in care net ministry or somehow uh, to help in some area. And she wonders if she's good enough. She never quite feels like she measures up. Her twin sister, on the other hand, she has a carefree spirit, but that's gone and crossed the boundary. Oh, I mean, she accepted the Lord 10 years ago at these altars. She made a confession of faith, asked Christ to be her Lord and Savior, but her life doesn't measure up to that confession. She, well, she's lived rather a promiscuous life. And yes, she comes to church and she puts money in the offering and she sings along with the congregation as they sing. But her lifestyle doesn't really show that she's a Christian. If you met her on Monday, you'd have no idea that she was worshiping on Sunday. Now, there's one young lady and there's the other. If you were to go to Scripture... What portion of scripture would you share with this one woman that is struggling, young lady that's struggling, that feel, am I accepted? Am I doing enough? You'd go to Paul the Apostle and you'd read, we are justified by faith. We are just as if we had never sinned. God accepts you and it's not a matter of what you do. Now, if you were to counsel the other lady, you'd take James. Faith without works is dead. Unless you repent, and unless you bring forth the fruits of repentance, your life is really a sham. Paul and James are speaking to two different audiences, addressing two different needs. And so James is focusing on a Christian church, a Jewish Christian church that knows the creed, that says all the right things, that has their theology down, but yet their life doesn't measure up to their profession. It was in the 2000 election. President Gore wanted, or not President, uh, Vice President Gore at that time, wanting to become president, wanted to impress on people the value of his faith. 
the importance of his faith. And so his speechwriters developed a speech, and he was going to talk about his importance and the importance of faith. And he made this quote. He said, my favorite scripture in the Bible is John chapter 16, verse 3. Now, he meant John 3.16. But there was no one in his camp, according to the commentators, who knew the Bible that way. Well, and the mistake just passed by. And so he said, John 16.3. You know what John 16.3 says? Let me read it to you. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. <laughs> well, I'm not making any comment, please. I'm not. I was not trying to make a political statement at that point. But I am saying this. Sometimes what we say and what we do, there's a great gulf in between. And what we do negates what we say. And so here James is, and he's going to show us that faith has a relationship to works. Faith is knit tight, held together, as it were, with works. As you examine the relationship between faith and works in verses 14 to 19, or James describes for us this relationship, the genuine relationship to works. In 2.17 it reads, even so faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. He defines biblical faith, first of all, negatively. He shows us in these verses what biblical faith is not. He gives us a picture of the negative. Uh, he calls it dead faith. It's a word that he coins. He said, this type of faith is actually dead faith. At the end of the chapter, he tells us, you may as well have a funeral service for it. That type of faith isn't living at all. And it won't participate in the resurrection at all. Uh, to illustrate this dead faith, he's going to give us an example. He talks earlier in that chapter, in chapter 2, verse 8, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. So he takes an illustration out of this royal law of love, loving our neighbor as ourselves, and then he takes an illustration from church life and tells us about someone coming to church who has faith without works. This faith without works towards people. In James 2, 15 to 17, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed, be filled, and yet you do not give to them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. What use is the right words without the right works? Is that man any warmer because of your words? Is his stomach any more full because of your words? Are they any more well taken care of because of what you've said? Of what you, no. He says it's absolutely useless. And he said that's the way it is to have faith without works. 
It was useless to the man, and it will be useless to the body of Christ. It's bad PR for God. If you have faith without works, it really is bad PR for heaven. People say, boy, that's the type of faith they have. I don't want that type of faith. It doesn't do any good. And they are right. Bill and uh, Colinda were going through a different to- difficult time. Bill had just lost his job and they were in a financial crisis. But they were not going to give up their church attendance. They were not going to turn their back on the God. So that Sunday, they drive to church. And guess what happens? The car breaks down. The car's right on the side of the road. And some parishioners from the congregation happen to see them. And they smile and they wave. <laughs> and they just go on. That really happened back in the 1990s in Poughkeepsie at Faith Assembly. Now, this couple is working for Jack Hayford and uh, their uh, leaders in the organization there. I'm glad that God blessed them. I hope they don't remember that or don't listen to this tape. (laughs) But you know, it's no good if we see somebody and they're hurting and they're broken. How you doing? God bless you. See you next week. We are told that works must accompany our faith. Or else it's absolutely useless. Faith not only prepares you for heaven, but also equips us for works of service here on earth. It was during the Second World War in a town of Strasbourg in Germany, bombs exploding throughout that town, one of the churches had a statue of Christ. And the exploding bomb destroyed the hands of the statue on Jesus. After the war, there was a sculptor who came and volunteered his services to repair the statue. And when it came to repairing the hands on the statue... The congregation said, no, leave the arms there without the hands. Their reason was this. We are his hands. We are his hands to give someone a drink of cold water, to minister a meal, to help a person in need. We are his hands extended. When a person comes to Jesus Christ, their faith unites them to Christ. They become a part of the body of Christ. And they become his hands, his feet, his lips. They become an extension of Jesus to others. For me to live, Paul says, is Christ. That's what it means to have faith. Faith connects us to Jesus. Now, faith that James talks about is a faith that also relates to God. See, faith relates to God. He gives us this illustration in verses 18 and 19 when he says, but someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works. I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. Faith without works to God is useless. Not only to man is it useless, but to God it's useless. 
How would you like for someone to compare your faith with the faith of the devil? Ha, you got faith just like the devil does. Your faith looks like his. James didn't mince words. He didn't make people comfortable. He didn't sit up and say, oh boy, no. Uh, he, he challenged them, say, it's not enough to know the creed, to know the statements of faith. It's not enough to say, I believe that Jesus died. I believe that he died for my sins. He was crucified on the cross. He rose from the grave. He ascended to heaven. He's coming back. I believe he's Lord of the universe. Great, great. So do the devils believe that. But it doesn't create obedience in their heart. That's the key. It doesn't make a difference in the way they live their everyday life. And what God is looking for is a faith that makes us different. That changes the way we live. We live around in the midst of people and in the midst of Christianity and churches who know all of the doctrines and can spell all of the doctrines out clearly, but those doctrines have not made a difference in the way they live their lives. And so James is hammering home that truth. Someone has said, unused truth becomes as useless as an unused muscle. You know that if you don't use your muscles, you'll lose them. Someone in an accident and has been bedridden for a long time has to go through therapy so that they can regain their strength and their muscles could be once again be put into use. If you don't use your faith, if it doesn't do anything in your life, you become accustomed, you become deceived to think that hearing and doing are synonymous. And actually, there can be a funeral service over your faith. We could have a burial service because it's not alive. God wants us to have a living faith that impacts our relationship to God. Now, he's going to take these two things and illustrate them again. He's talking about, first of all, our relationship to others. How faith impacts our relationship to others. If it doesn't help in issue in works, it's useless. If it doesn't issue in his life of obedience to God, it's useless. And so he first of all talks about its relationship to God. And he takes us back into the Old Testament to a visit with Abraham. Now imagine with me a conference table. There at that conference table is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and David, and Elijah, and uh, Isaiah. And they're all talking about their exploits of faith. If you were to ask, who is the father of the faithful? Who, who exhibited the greatest faith? Hands down. Everybody at that conference table would point to Abraham. And so James points us to Abraham and says, here's an illustration. Now, he starts off with the end of Abraham's life in the illustration and then goes back to the beginning of Abraham's life. He starts off with the end. In verse 22, he says, you see that uh, he was trusting God so much that he was willing to do whatever God told him to do. His faith was made complete by what he did, by his actions. You could see that Abraham's faith impacted 
his actions. He was going to live out his faith. It was a natural outgrowth of faith. How does faith impact our relationship to God? You know what it does? It completes our faith. Works are the completion of our faith. The text says, his faith was made complete by what he did. What faith will do, real faith, it makes you do something. It pulls you out of your comfort zone. It pushes you to your limits. It causes you to do what you normally would not do if you were just merely walking in the flesh, if you were just merely walking in the natural. And here Abraham is making an incredible sacrifice. That's what faith will do. Abraham could have reasoned with God, God, I have prayed for years for a son, and now here Isaac is, and I have to take Isaac, and you're telling me to sacrifice him? We, God, all the promises that you gave me are wrapped up in this son, and you told me I was going to be a father of many nations, and now I have to take him and sacrifice him on the altar? He doesn't even argue. He doesn't even debate. He doesn't even try and rationalize or reason. He simply says, yes, God. And he takes his son, and he's ready to offer his son to God. Faith will enable you to do incredible things and make incredible sacrifices even when you don't understand God. There are times you will not understand. There are times there will be question marks, just as it were, right in the horizon. And those question marks will never turn into periods or explanation points in this present world. You'll have to wait to the world to come. But you will walk in obedience because God said it, you're going to do it. And that settles it. Some of you are like me. You don't like to fly very much. I was under the assumption that I had a good pilot. When the landing came in and it was smooth. Oh, I think others maybe thought the same thing. And sometimes when the plane would come in and it would make a bounce, I think, boy, that pilot needs a little more practice. But you know, I was wrong. Pilots call that smooth landing a grease job. There's 60 tons of weight coming down on like 3,000 you know, uh, uh, feet or so just uh, in that landing space. And when the plane comes down softly like that, that's not a good landing. It's better to bump the wheels so that uh, the landing will be safer. Now, that didn't make sense to me, but that's true. Because it is a far better landing. So next time you're on the plane, you know if you have a good, if it's bumpy when it hits the ground. Now, to our mind, that might not make sense. There's a lot of things in life that simply will not make sense to you. God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And at those moments when we don't quite understand, we simply, like Abraham, if we've learned to walk in faith, we obey. 
Programs like Building in Faith are wonderful, and we do know that God uses them in the lives of countless believers. We also know that just hearing God's Word is not enough. We must put into practice those things that we are learning. Pastor Ed is taking us through the book of James. We'll learn that we must be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Building in Faith. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. Again, to follow Building in Faith and access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. When you visit the site, you'll only need to remember today's date. Simply click on today's date. You can listen, download, and even share this message with your friends and family via Facebook and Twitter. If you have any questions, call us. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue sharing messages from the book of James. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word restores